Mmm. Mmm. Delicious. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conversation in Cinema's Cage Cast, where we watch every single movie starring Nicolas Cage. My name is David, and I'm joined by my good buddy Josh. That's me. And today, the heat seeking panther himself has blessed us with Willy's Wonderland. And for those in not the know, who is the the heat seeking panther? Which is Nicolas. It's Nicolas Cage. I mean, uh, if, if I ever uh, uh, describe somebody by some kind of nickname that sounds any kind of left of center, it's going to be about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> the, that, rep, the reptile, mm-hmm. the Emerald King, you know. <laughs> I, I can just make shit up and it sounds right. It really would. Yeah. Uh, well, first things first, uh, Josh, what are we sipping on today? We are sipping on uh, a local brew by Frenzy Brewing Company. and Local haunt. It is Unspeakable Things. Mm-hmm. It's a New England Indian pale ale. Yeah, it's delicious. It is delicious. Uh, I, 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 I want to get back to having drinks that are somewhat related. related in theme or can be bent to mean <laughs> the same thing as the film we watched. Um I think all of our yeah. drinks have always been perfectly. Yeah, and there are some unspeakable time. things that occur in this masterpiece. But to kick things off, there's an unspeakable character. To, oh shit! Oh man! I thought that that's where you were going with the reference. That's gold. I, yeah, that's real good. You were no, accidentally no, really good. See, that's the genius of this podcast, everybody. Mm-hmm. But to kick things off, I have written a haiku. Oh, Lord. Erect Chevy. Robots wake to slay and feast. The janitor cleans. I mean, that was beautiful. It took me back to Ghost of Shishima. Or, wait, Mm -hmm. what is that game called? Yeah, you're right. I got a a new headband from it. Oh, sweet. Upgrade, baby. Was it a Chevy that he was driving? I don't remember. I I think so. Pretty sure it was. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Willie's Wonderland. That was really good. Thank you. I'm actually just pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I, I do write for a living. Occasionally, I have moments of inspiration that's not just, you know, proofreading stuff. That is fair. <laughs> so, Willie's Wonderland came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, February 12th, 2021. Yeah. Oh, by, by the by, everybody out there, uh, we... Uh, we are, we are innovating in the podcast space as we are wont to do. So we are not watching Nicolas Cage's movies in chronological order. We are watching them in reverse chronological order, mm-hmm. working our way back down the ladder so we can see the true journey of this uh, man. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you can call him that, yeah. Be kind. This Please performer, rewind. this talent, mm-hmm. this god among men. And just see if we can pinpoint where the light switch was either turned on or turned off, depending and on how you want to last, look at it. Last week we watched Pig, and I was like, oh, wow, Oscar. Give him the Oscar because he's great in this. <laughs> and uh, it's fascinating to see that this came out in the same year mm-hmm. as are some other movies that came out that we're going to watch next week. Yeah. Um, I, I would be lying. At, I, I'm scared, <laughs> but I'm also kind of turned on, you know? It's, it's like... Mm-hmm. A, I'm confused. 
Hopefully by the end of this journey, I'll have learned something about myself. Yeah, we'll, you know, discover our truest Nicolas Cage's in ourselves. Yeah. Actually, before before I, I take it off on the next thing, I thought that we kind of miss, missed something on our very first Nick Cage. Oh. Because Nicolas Cage is is very much a force to be reckoned with in not only the movie entertainment industry, but just the world at large. Yeah. He pretty much has a meme culture all to himself. Oh, yeah. So he's very much like a religion. And <laughs> you either follow a true, him. A true icon. Yeah, you either follow him or you don't. The cinematic saint. Mm-hmm. And um, what I thought would be kind of interesting is just to see... Uh, where are you in your walk with Nicolas Cage, David? And when did you first hear the good news of Nicolas Cage? So I first heard the good news of the of Father Cage. <laughs> Man. I, I think that these titles are going to get out easier as we go along. I, my first steps with Father Cage now just sounds like a weird Catholic... <laughs> childhood trauma thing um yeah, that that's the catholic church's fault so i was i found myself in a cage <laughs> nope that's just just, <laughs> just answer the question <laughs> i don't remember to be honest um, what your first movie was my, I, I i want to say it was the rock mm-hmm. um because timeline wise that kind of works out um either that or the first film that i actually paid attention to him in was probably national treasure Oh, really? That late? Probably. Oh. I mean, I grew up in a, uh, a fairly religious home, so I'm not sure what of his films I would have just the... happened upon that wasn't a family-friendly adventure like National Treasure right? up until that point, you know? Well, like, did you not see, like, Gone in 60 Seconds? No. Mm-mm. Oh. No. Have you? No. Really? I, I've seen precious few of Cage movies. I've seen many a clip and many a meme. Mm-hmm. So... I am a new convert to the Church of Cage. Oh. Well, welcome. Thank you. And I am looking forward to my indoctrination. I want to get my different colored uh, uh, shawls, my my ribbons, Mm -hmm. my vestments, as I up my level with my metachlorian count. Well, perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Well, yeah, what about you? For for me... um, I was not raised in such a household. My parents were good, good. good <laughs> My people. parents are good parents. They they're let me they're watch good parents, but I, you know, the '90s was a completely different time. Um, one, I, one would say it was a decade all to its own. Yeah, you could get away with a lot more in the '90s uh, in every sense of everything. The way you looked in your eyes when you said that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> but just, again, also turned on. So I don't know. <laughs> I just long for a simpler time. Um, the the movie that I can kind of I don't know which one comes first, but I remember either Con Air or Snake Eyes. I think might have been mm-hmm. some of his earlier work that I've seen. Okay, uh, especially as a younger younger person. But like I've always enjoyed Nicolas Cage, and whenever he started to lean into the craziness that mm-hmm. he he can now, I was one hundred percent for it because yeah. like he is an actual really good actor, but he is way better as a crazy person than he is as a, as a straight up actor. Right. Like he plays that part so well. Yeah. I feel like he, he elevates any performance that he does, but he elevates it so far that it's, it just transitions into a different 
reality than his other co-stars off most of the time. Oh, absolutely. So, but that's his genius. But is- this one, uh, Willie's Wonderland. Uh, I would almost uh, tell me about it first, and then I have I have I have a thought on maybe there is a connected cinematic universe of cage films. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. So it was released in 2021 on, in February. Um, the budget of the movie, do you want to take a guess at the budget? Uh, I know it was dirt cheap. Um, Jeez. I don't know. Uh, let's go with 13 million. Oh, 5 million. Oh, I was over budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's opening weekend was 97,000. Yeah. Well, it was also because it opened in the heat of the pandemic. Mm. Yeah. Is that really the reason why? Yeah, it was delayed. Um Did you read the article? I, come on, homework. I know. I'm saying that that might not be the reason why it didn't make a lot of money. No, no, no. That's that has to be the only reason. Uh, why. Its worldwide <laughs> gross is $445,211. Okay. There you go. Made so, its money back. <laughs> That's not how money works, no, David. But the one of the numbers is bigger. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter about the millions of thousands. Oh, that's so true. Um, but this is another, this is, I actually don't know if we've had a film that we've talked about yet that is coming from uh, the lovely state of uh, Georgia. Yeah, filmed in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So. In uh, a decrepit bowling alley, apparently. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a string, almost every movie's getting made there now more than it is in like california new york and that's or been that way for a for a while probably the a last lot of film decade. and television yeah mm-hmm. well yeah because paramount built that massive mm-hmm. fucking studio well, marvel does almost all their stuff there now mm-hmm. yeah. that's where a lot of uh thor was shot yeah fun times fun times who, who directed it the director is a lovely chap named kevin lewis kevin lewis i believe this was his first feature film if you can call it a feature film yeah it is is certainly a film yeah because he's known for this and then he actually has let's see oh have i seen that maybe he actually has a couple other features under his belt but what it was oh my god he did downward angel interesting interesting um he had stepped away from directing is what ended up happening Ah. so he stopped directing in 2007 Mm -hmm. and then in 2021 he directed this so what a return to glory you mm -hmm. know what i mean the hollywood system crushed his soul broke him down and then you know what you're right i'm gonna take a break for a couple (laughs) and for a few years this is my swan song this this is is what i'll come back for i'll re-emerge from the darkness but uh stronger than ever before with a mechanical vulture (laughs) Oh. But uh, Go Go Parsons, G O Parsons, mm-hmm. uh, is who wrote, wrote it. it. Yep, yep. And uh, it originally started out as a short, and he acted in it, and he was actually going to act in this movie. Hence the no lines for the main character, because he didn't want to fuck up <laughs> any scenes on accident. Yeah. Um. So. And it was called Wally's Wonderland then. Totally different film. Wally's Wonderland. Wally. Not Willie's Wonderland. Um, and he, Parsons was the one that brought it to, or he finally got through the door of Nicolas Cage's agent, right? And well, it was, a, it was a whole thing of a, a guy knows a guy, knows a guy, knows a guy, knows Nicolas Cage. Right. And then Nicolas Cage read it, and the next day, he's like, 
yeah, I'm in. <laughs> just like that. No, absolutely. Well, and he no, he, he just stared and pulled his sunglasses down, dude. dude. Oh my god. We'll, we'll get to our thoughts on the plot and what happens in the actual movie itself, because what a, what a goddamn <laughs> great time. Um, but Nicolas Cage loved it so much, and in fact, he he was quoted as saying he loved the script so much and the material. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, mostly he, he did say that he really was drawn to the character because it had no lines maybe that's why he was drawn because it's just maybe originally i think in the first draft of the script there was a line and it was only one line it was like get out of here you fucker or like it was just one of those like little quips it, it w- yeah you're right at the very end uh after he defeats all the monsters spoiler alert uh he faces down willie one last time the animatronic weasel <laughs> demon prince of hell and uh and he he wouldn't have any speaking lines up until that point to the grand finale. And he would say, um, oh, fuck me. What was it? Uh, Get your hands off her, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I am not left-handed. Something like that. Mm-hmm. No, he said, uh, let's go, bro. Or come on, bro. Oh, come, yeah. Come, it was, it's come at me, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come at me, bro. Because it was 100% just the douchiest. Yeah. But if that was, I, I kind of wish that he would have said it. Because that would be... The only lines he says is, come at me, bro. I want to see how Nicolas Cage would say that. Or, I'm sorry, the janitor. Mm-hmm. But he does exude that energy with his eyes anyway. Yeah. Now, but can you tell me uh, how many day, how many, uh, how long did it take them to shoot this film? Do you if actually you, have If this? you had to guess. I if I, okay. I do. Um, if I had to guess, I would say um, 30 days. Ex- yeah. They had exactly a month to shoot this film. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Entertainment Weekly. It's a, a interview they did with the director and writer. Uh, so uh, it was actually greenlit on Halloween of 2019. Oh. So October 31st, um, the movie gets greenlit. However, Nicolas Cage has only got a month from February until March of 2020. If we can't get it done in that time, movie ain't going to happen. It was all hands on deck. Everybody go, go, go during the holidays. Find the sets, find the crew, build the animatronics, storyboard the entire movie, get everything ready to go before February 1st. Had something gone wrong, one thing to delay us a week or 10 days or whatever, it would have absolutely ended the film. Like, this movie was not happening without Nicolas Cage. Right. He needed him. He mm-hmm. was the lifeblood of it. You know, and um, this is no disrespect to this movie, but um, the fact of that statement um, I think you can see it. <laughs> oh, for sure, dude. On screen. Well, and and it, Be- further on in the article, he's talking about how he didn't have time for a lot of takes, like maybe th- three takes at the most. Mm-hmm. And when he told Nicolas Cage that, he says, oh, don't worry. I'll, I always get it in one. <laughs> like a boss. Yeah. All hail. That's more like you only get one. <laughs> you only get one. It's not that I get it in one. You, you only... only- Get you one. only get one, you only need one. Well, because I noticed, like, the first thing I noticed whenever I started watching this movie is that there's Dutch angles fucking everywhere. There, yeah. And oh. there's shots that are set up in such a way that it's like they just put the tripod down and they were like, this is good enough. Yeah. That is 100% what it felt like. It wasn't like, a, yeah. like oh, this is my vision. We'll bring in these lights. We'll do how this. Many, cons- how many lenses do you think that they had? Because to me, a lot of these look like they just stuck a 50 on there. 
Oh, 100%. I don't think that they changed the lens the entire time. Yeah, because especially during the early parts of the movie, maybe I, maybe, maybe I just stopped, stopped noticing after a while from exposure. Yeah. But at the opening parts, there were so many... Uh, looked like they were trying to go for medium shots, but mm-hmm. it was a 50, so everything was kind of a weird close-up. Yeah. You felt far, but so close to everything. Yeah, yeah. And I could see that maybe they swapped to, like, a wide lens whenever they were doing the inside stuff just to make the space mm-hmm. seem kind of bigger, but yeah. also that space didn't seem that big. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah. that that makes 100%. Well, and even the writer, I mean... Well, I will it, say that yes. they actually do have a zoom lens, because there's one goddamn shot whenever he's at the mechanic and he's like, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars while I suck chew on my Slim Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks over at the ATM and it zooms, it zooms in, in. <laughs> that it, it, I, I cannot stand cameras zooming. You moved the camera, <laughs> you lazy son of a bitch. But I understand you only had 30 days and no money. Well, and, and uh, uh, some of these shots, it, it felt very, very inspired by Edgar Wright's style, where it was a lot of quick cuts, a lot of different setups. Well, I'll actually uh, disagree with you there. Okay, sure. To where it felt more uh, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, okay, because sure. he does a lot of those push zooms. Sure. And a lot of quick cuts, because he just had to. Yeah. Well, in future films, because uh, there's 100% going to be a sequel, which, thank God for, because... I want to see where he goes next. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a sequel. Um, but it's going to lean more into kind of the Evil Dead, Army of Darkness vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, the director is even saying, yeah, we have thoughts that maybe, you know, Willie will come back and they'll have to team up against an even worse threat. <laughs> it could take place on a train. It could take place on a plane. It could, you know, take place in a, in a circus or something. Who knows, man? I'm. I mean, I'm down to watch it for sure. So let's let's get into your. What are your thoughts generally on the movie and and on the plot? Anything that sticks out to you, just go for it. Um, for the plot, what are you talking about? There isn't one. Um, no, it's intricate. There's layers. Dude, for, there's a backstory the whole time. For for the movie, it and and don't get me wrong. Like I do enjoy this movie, and these are more like questions more than like hard critiques sure but like all good art invokes questions yep it does um but like it seemed like it was going for a b horror movie yeah like it won it that is what it it tried to be but it was too self-aware to actually succeed at being that mm. so it's like when a movie tries to be campy you can't do that like that just happens it just turns at that point into a parody mm-hmm. I so can like it didn't fully succeed as a horror movie and it didn't really end as a B horror movie, which is what I think it wanted to be. Um, there was just, there was just so much rushed and kind of unpolished stuff in it. Sure. Yeah. As far as characters and just storyline and mm-hmm. just everything. Yeah. Those fluid action scenes. <laughs> Where you could definitely tell everything that was going on. Uh huh. So yeah. I mean, so what's your overall? I uh, it's it's not it is not good, but it has that undeniable charm that it hooks me when Nick the first time Nicholas Cage doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
oh, this is what this movie is. I love it. Mm. Right. And no, I mean, there's definitely a lot of times where I just checked out for like five minutes on my phone, looked back up. Ah, didn't miss anything really. But the, the, whenever Nicholas Cage was doing anything, especially when he was weirdly playing, uh, uh, uh pinball, pinball in a, like a sexual way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was adhering to that, that tight, tight schedule that he has, uh, to take a break. It's very healthy for you. Yeah. Um, I loved all that stuff. And whenever he was just beating the living tar out of animatronics <laughs> and, 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 and he would, like get injured and he would duck just wrap his whole body in duct tape uh-huh. seal the wound and go on like nothing's happened like he just gets just a get fresh shirt goes fresh back shirt. to work nothing but mad respect for our lord and savior the janitor mm-hmm. you know like I, yeah it's it's awful but i know it's awful so i enjoyed it see like i can understand like where somebody like it almost is really fun mm-hmm. oh yeah you're right almost it's just it's not quite there. Like for me, the all the side characters of the kids, um, so bad. I wish that it was more like, um, oh god, what was that Josh Wheaton movie, the uh, Last House on the Left? No. Oh, uh, he produced it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. To did where it, did it much better? To where if you're gonna have these archetypes, like fine tune them, like have them play to it rather right. than just like they're kind of there. And yeah. they're kind of doing their archetypes. Yeah. And like, there are some genuine scares in Cabin in the Woods, too. Mm-hmm. No, that movie's fantastic. And the whole Cthulhu, Elder Gods mm-hmm. ending. God. Oh, God, it's so fantastic. Um, yeah, but, like, Nicolas Cage as a character, so let's talk about him for the just... The janitor. Yeah, just the yeah. janitor for yeah. a little bit. How awkward it is just to be around somebody who doesn't say anything the yeah. entire well, time. and it, it almost looks... And I'm, I don't know... The only time that Nicolas Cage looks like he's almost enjoying himself is when he's alone at the the pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Any other scene he's in, I can't <clears throat> I can't tell if he's phoning it in, if he's asleep, mm-hmm. or if he's just deeply method acting. Yeah, if that's just the character choice. It, yeah, yeah, because he he he's just a blank slate. And a sponge, nothing. You, you know, well, you're not getting anything. He's off of so him. unamused by everything, which and not taken aback by yeah, anything. Perfect. Like the fact that an animatronic says, "I'm gonna like eat your soul" or something yeah. like that, and then he just kind of beats its dick neck with a <laughs> yeah. mop handle. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like whatever. I'll put this in the trash now. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He's just unenthused by it all and. Uh, he's the eye of the hurricane in this storm of blood and guts and idiotic kids, mm-hmm. right? Um, but so, like, did you know that he wasn't going to have any lines before you watched this movie? Mm-mm, I didn't know at all. Okay, but once we got like a handful of minutes into it, I was just like, "Cool, he's not talking." Yeah, yeah. I get that. So, like, his character, like the mysteriousness around his character, like I kind of dig a lot of things about it. I just wish that there was other supporting elements around it that mm-hmm. were more flushed out, that were more supportive to that role rather yeah. than just being like, hey, it's Nicolas Cage and he's not yeah. talking. Well, even because uh, you're supposed to believe that this, the lone surviving girl who is terrible, 
she's just terrible. You mean the the child? Yeah, who's the, grown up that's now trying to light it on fire? Yeah, yeah, she's just awful. I mean, there are some bad actors in this movie. I will not have anybody besmirch the name of Tex McAdoo, though. Mayor Tex McAdoo. <sighs> Except that fucking mustache. No, no. I've never seen a more fake mustache <laughs> hey, in man. my life. Hey, man, it, it's because he's fake. He's a he's not a public servant. He's a public menace, <laughs> sacrificing people. Um, but the fact that we're supposed to have this girl as kind of the stand-in for the audience, right? She plays that role. Yeah, live. And she she's like the straight man, and she is calling out all the absurdity of all this and the dangers, and trying to get everybody else to get out. Yeah, especially like, no, we like, have to burn the building down. Yeah, for the town, like it. It's almost like um. There You're are other, bitch. there's there's other horror movies to where like, I think it's like the Body Snatchers mm-hmm. and some of the other ones to where like the kids are the the younger people are the the voice of reason in the movie, right? And like that almost yet again feels like that that's kind of what they were pulling mm-hmm. at, maybe referencing to. Yeah, it just it doesn't work. Right. Well, and and at the end when she's the lone survivor and well, first of all. Whenever she gets jumped by the the fairy animatronic, who right, mm-hmm. the uh, one that's obviously a human with a just a, right, uh, and it's clear that she dies, but then we cut back to her and she just kind of walks out of the shadows, totally fine, saying, "Oh, I took care of her." She's like, "Yeah, I stabbed that bitch. I stabbed that bitch. She Although, won't be gone for long." Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the end, when she's the lone survivor, and they have that quote unquote moment out. <laughs> Out after you mean everything. just staring at each other? Yeah, and we're supposed to think that maybe Nicolas Cage, or I'm sorry, <clears throat> the janitor, uh, has a soft spot for this girl and is impressed and respects her. Mm-hmm. Right, and says, "Hey, you're better off with me. Come along, that's fine. We'll get out of here." We're supposed to get that connection, but instead, it's just Nicolas Cage staring at this terrible actress and her staring at him, and then. Nothing's communicated, and then she just gets in the car, and they drive away and run over the. Mm-hmm. the I mean, there's two. And- there, there's uh, Tex Mex and the auto body shop guy. It's are both, it's knockoff Louise Guzman. Yeah, are both standing there like there's no interaction. It's just a bunch of staring. Yeah, and then you know, she gets in the car with him. Yeah, and they, why did why did uh why did he bring the janitor's car to Willie's? Because he was giving it to Tex, because that's but what why he would he give the car to Tex at Willie's? Because they have to clean up the body, like the mess. Oh, I missed that detail, that fine-tuned detail. Mm-hmm. Um, God, David, did you even watch the movie? <laughs> I mean, kind of. Did you have a? Uh, uh, let me let me ask you this: favorite animatronic, right? And that can include fight or a look or whatever. Mm-hmm. Favorite uh, kid slash favorite death in this movie. Okay, let's see. Favorite animatronic. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of like the Hispanic turtle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cuz what? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um favorite fight or death really um I'm trying to think. The one that like didn't oh the payoff doesn't work 
is the couple having sex in the kiddie pool. Sure, I mean, the, it's, the it's fun. The, yeah. But, like, it's 100% a trope of a horror movie. Absolutely. That they just kind of are milking it for whatever. Also, before that sidebar, after they all inexplicably fall through the roof, because mm-hmm. they're up on the roof for some reason, and they all fall through, uh, They those two immediately forget that they're in grave danger. No, they're just a bunch and, of horn and dogs. How, and how Their they, hormones they are going under crazy. no circumstances, wanted to go be in this building as they were about to walk away, and they were walking away mm-hmm. before they fell in. You know, it's kids strange. these days, their mind just changes all the time. I, they have no suppose, attention span. I suppose. Um, but no, so that was your favorite. That was your favorite one. No, honestly, the probably my favorite fight would have been um, the gorilla in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. To that's where my favorite fight. he also kills the gorilla by curb stomping it <laughs> yes. on a urinal. Yeah, it's so awesome. It's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I wanted more of that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even the the vulture at the beginning. He, the vulture is the first one that he kills. It's not a vulture, is it? It's a... It's, no, ostrich. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's an ostrich. ostrich. Uh, which, that was the only animatronic in... Like, an actual animatronic. Yeah, not puppet. a person. Yeah, it was an actual puppet. Everybody else was in suits. Mm-hmm. Um, I would know which is surprising for the alligator, right? Because it looks so so real. By the way, that was supposed to be an actual turtle, but Nicolas Cage thought an alligator would be more terrifying because he loves reptiles. Oh yeah, he, infamously, Nicolas Cage is a huge fan of snakes and scaly things. That surprises me so much. <laughs> I know. I'm just jaw dropped. He is the Lizard King, after all. Um, that's Jim Morris. My favorite kill. Would probably be the sheriff. <laughs> whenever, oh. whenever at the end, whenever mm. she tries to bring the janitor back in, like, no, you have to be the sacrifice. Kids are dead because of you. And, feel, and she's like, Willie, come and get it. And Willie just blooms behind her. And then with a whip of his claw, I suppose, yeah, just severs her in half. <laughs> it's just her bloody stump of legs, just. Psst, psst, psst. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, I feel so bad for that actress because she always just plays these bitchy fucking people. I've seen. I think she was a drug addict in some other show I've watched before. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see Speed? No, she's in Speed, and she's kind of a dick. The same character. Hmm. Mm. Kind of just not awesome. Yeah. Um. Favorite character besides the janitor, which is obvious. Besides favorite the j- supporting character, and it could be an animatronic. Um, because there are more characters than any of the other characters. That's what I was really. I have the names for them here. Let's see. There are. Let's see. You got Willie the Weasel, Siren. Uh, oh, Siren Sarah is one name. So it's Willie the Weasel, Siren Sarah, Ozzy the Ostrich, Artie the Alligator, Cammy the Chameleon, Gus the Gorilla. Hmm. I feel like I'm missing one. Where's the Mexican guy? Siren Sarah, Ozzy the Ostrich, Artie the Alligator, Cammy the Chameleon, Gus the Gorilla. Eh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um. I don't know. Like, I honestly don't think I have one. <laughs> Maybe, but the they're s- also distinct. Maybe the Soda Pops. That's my favorite supporting character. The soda Pops. Yeah. That's the stuff that he was drinking, or uh-huh. yeah. Which 100%, I thought it was beer. I thought it was beer. Yeah, but everything I've seen refers to it as soda. 
Yeah, well, it's a, apparently it's an energy drink that <laughs> Nicolas Cage wanted because of some background reason for the character. Yeah, because he, he said that he knows everything about the character. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I would probably say... I don't have one. Like they're not awesome. <laughs> like there's there's not anything. <laughs> not even Tex McAdoo. Yeah. With his with his caterpillar stash. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Because it that is kind of an interesting kind of thought though is the fact that like nobody's super likable in this movie. You're not rooting for mm-hmm. the animatronics. You're not rooting for the kids. You're basically there just for Nicolas Cage. Absolutely. So I would say my favorite supporting character is Nicolas Cage. Because mm-hmm, he supports himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not even yeah. speaking a word either. Yeah. Do you have one? Mm. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say you're right. You're right. Maybe I, I was going to say maybe the sheriff's assistant. Or the deputy, if that's what a deputy is. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. But, but he, like, he just dies. And the the other kid I thought was going to live was the the uh, the boyfriend guy. Oh, right? the one the one that wants to be the boyfriend. The one that wants to be the boyfriend. And he gets caught in the room with the chameleon. He's like, oh, yeah, we can trust the chameleon. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets, gets his neck snapped. Yeah, by the tongue. By the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a metaphor. See, like... There's so much, like, those characters are there. They just need to be developed just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, like, you had a 10-minute almost exposition dump of a drive of the sheriff and her little assistant Yeah, that I feel like could have been done by those side characters (laughs) while also Mm -hmm. developing who they are. Describing the, uh, there were Mm -hmm. serial serial killers, a crew of them Mm -hmm. that, that worked at, the at Willie's Wonderland, and they would take kids into the or families into like a private room and kill them and mm-hmm. eat them or whatever. And then, well, so real quick, just out of curiosity, so they are characters, yes, those kids are characters of things that we've seen mm-hmm. in movies, right? So, whenever we're first introduced to the squad, yeah, um, how long did it take you to realize which of the one was a slut? Uh, I mean. Less than a second, like zero point two seconds. Might be the bombshell, bombshell, bombshell blonde chewing bubble gum with a with a jean skirt and jean mini skirt with thigh high socks. Yeah, and just they painted her yeah so much as that character that it works instantly. But the other characters of those horror tropes. You're left wondering. Well, because clearly you have the black guy, which in well, he's like the cool sports kid. I think like he's he's like the cool kid with the because he's dating the the hot blonde, right? And then you have the nerdy kid with the glasses who gets, mm-hmm. of course, eaten alive because all nerdy kids get eaten alive. <laughs> it's a metaphor for high school. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have you know the the femme, not the femme fatale, but the uh, um, the main character gal. Yeah, who's the smart, the like, Mary Sue, whatever yeah. you want to call her. Um, then you have the the sweet tender boy who mm-hmm. wants to be recognized, right? Yeah, just wants to love her. Yeah, and they all are deserve to die. Yeah, but they also die out of order too, mm. because there is an order in horror movies that they're supposed to die. Because old horror movies, who like, dies first? Um, I thought it was the couple, wasn't it? 
No, it's the the nerdy kid. He no. gets stabbed. The one that gets stabbed oh, there was by a, the knight. I totally forgot there was a whole other kid. He's the first guy. That, yeah, you're right. He yeah. gets stabbed by the knight. That's right. They're missing some names here. Because the knight doesn't have a name. Oh, and you're on your list? Yeah. But that's yeah. totally true. Yeah. yeah. He gets stabbed. I totally forgot he existed. Mm-hmm. No. That yeah, says a lot. because the couple having sex should be the first ones to die. Yeah. And especially, like, I don't remember 100% because it's been a while since I've done, like, film theory and looked at all this kind of stuff. But I think I think typically a bla- the black person will die first as well, or, like, early on. That's been the trope historically. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, whoever has sex also dies first. Because, like, a lot of the horror movies are, like, like... I think backwards, like Christian, like morality tale kind of deal. Oh, like it's, in Cabin in the Woods, it yeah, plays it, on this. Yeah, it's like the sinners and all that kind of the shit. The virgin survives, like the pure. Yeah, girl. whoever's the virgin is supposed to survive, right? Which, I mean, you could maybe make the argument that like that's the pure of heart one. Yeah, that that's the one that survives in this as well. True. But you don't know because there's no background <laughs> other than you see the fact that she's apparently supposed to be the kid who saw her parents murdered and then just went with the sheriff who sacrificed her parents and was just super mm-hmm. chill for yeah. like 16 years. Yeah, super chill about it. Yeah, yeah. And still lives with her even though it's like obviously an abusive relationship mm-hmm. because she's getting cuffed by her guardian. Uh, and well, I mean, she was about to set a place on fire a murder house on fire understandably and then she gets chained to the radiator which mobile homes don't have radiators as far as i know i mean if you have a radiator in your house still like like a classic metal one Mm -hmm. uh you deserve to get chained to it because that's what it's for yeah that's it's every movie every television show i've never seen it you're gonna trip and fall and bust your face into it so not to be um a science nerd or a gas uh mm-hmm. fuel connoisseur but so when you pour gas and then you go to light it uh-huh. if you wait too long yeah the fumes yes. will start to billow out around whatever the source is correct so even if you're holding it a foot away mm-hmm. if you've waited long enough it will ignite correct this movie does not pay attention to that <laughs> well i mean there are also demonic animatronics so mm-hmm. take your pick your battle with that one I brother the gaslight. <laughs> yeah. So, Willie's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. On this, for for Nicholas Cage's outstanding performance. And by the way, uh, do you have a favorite Nicholas Cage moment in this? I mean, I really think that he starts to shine whenever he starts doing his little dance At moves. The, end, the grand with, finale with the the pinball machine, and mm-hmm. which apparently was improvised by him. Yes, that was the only thing that was improvised. Which, does not surprise me. Yeah, and the director was saying, Tolt said, the crew gave him a, a massive standing ovation because he's the only movie star of Kurt and the producer, so obviously you're going to do that. But he said they went to Nicolas Cage's uh, room afterwards and says, hey, thank you for doing that. This reminds me why I love being in film. Mm-hmm. Because that was acting. That was acting. It was. Inspired. Acting. Um. I can tell you what my last note was. Yeah. Um, the couple doing it, uh, the blood, whenever he gets murdered, splashes on the wrong side of her. Because the alligator attacks from the his right... Left, his left side. Yeah, his left side, and it splashes her right side. So it's a continuity error. I mean... 
Also, I couldn't tell. <laughs> That's the. Uh, I mean, we watched this on Hulu. I don't care about continuity in this type of thing. Nope. <laughs> to be honest, I do. Um, <laughs> it's flawed. Um, we watched this on Hulu. So thank you again, Hulu, for sponsoring this podcast. Um, still oh, wow. waiting for that check in the mail. Yep. Um, sign up for your. Do they have free trials? I don't know. I don't know. Just go to Hulu forward slash conversations and cinema and hopefully something happens. I mean, maybe a lawsuit for us. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. They'll be like, stop talking about yeah. us. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't tell if it was the, the stream of the movie, but the frame, like I feel like the frame rates of this were just all over the place. Like it just, yeah. Fr- well, especially like in slow motion, but not, not even that, just like some of the, the just normal stuff felt like it was shot at like 60 frames per second rather than like 24 or something. Oh. Like there there was no like motion blur. It just, it felt weird. Mm-hmm. But I did love, like you have some of your classic tropes of signifying low budget to where there's that hallway that has the light bar halfway up it, which I can 100% tell you is just a U. And they just shot that hallway over and over again, yeah, to make it look like they're just running the yeah. same, like uh, multiple hallways, but it's really just yeah. one, all super minimal, one set. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Do, there are, I think, there are some shots in this film that actually look pretty good, but that's also because you know, it, it, they, I, I love some bold color schemes. So the janitor opening that door, and it has, of course, a Dutch angle, and it's his silhouette kind of framed in these vibrant red and blue lights makes it very like pulpy noir almost mm-hmm. um uh and it actually really is like stuff in that hallway where they have just the led strips yeah. along the wall like there's some just really kind of simplistic stuff that i know was either a budget constraint uh or like a timing constraint that i think just works really well it's i think the main let down of this movie is just the the plot and script and character development. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting it to be way worse than it was. Um oh, but also much. I was expecting it to be way better than it was too. Yeah, no, it pretty much hit exactly where yeah, I thought it was. Kind going of right to. in the middle. Uh, uh we have our, our cage scale, right? What was it? Uh, on a scale from Nicholas to Cage. Yeah. What would you rate this Nicholas Cage performance? So if Nicholas is do we want to say Nicholas is like 10? No, we would probably say Nicholas is zero. So that's him normal. And then 10 is him uncaged. Mm. So like if it's that kind of sliding scale, I'd probably give it like a... Maybe like a six. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, he's fairly normal in it, but he has like moments of being weird. Yeah, and the 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 really leaning into the voiceless protagonist mm-hmm. is a odd choice. Not necessarily his, but he fought to keep that last line out, that catchphrase out. Well, and it's really interesting because this is being released at the same time. Because do you know if he did Pig before or after this? Uh, he did it. At, um, I'm assuming he did it afterwards. After he yeah. did Pig after or this after? Uh, Pig afterwards. Pig afterwards. Because I'm just wondering, because he really doesn't talk that much in Pig. Oh, I don't know, though. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Because Pig came out afterwards, but... Yeah, their um, shooting might have... 
because it's just really weird that he has two movies to where one he doesn't talk at all and the other one he barely talks. I mean, the movie we're going to watch for next episode, I, I assume that he did the, these back to back because he looks the exact same. Well, and he has a habit of doing this because there's there's a fun there's a fun timeline of Nicolas Cage to oh. where he did like Con Air, uh, Face Off. And like one other movie, like all back to back, and they are all just sort like different kinds of bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, my I had a thought at the beginning of this podcast where it's all a connected cinematic cage universe, right? So I might try to do this every every movie, try to connect the characters. Um, but the janitor doesn't talk much, does he? You know who else doesn't talk much? Who? Robin Feld from Pig. <laughs> Same character? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, that's just Pig is what what he drives off to go do. Uh-huh, yeah. Instead of whenever he tries to go into town and he uncovers his pickup truck, it's just that <laughs> yeah. Chevy muscle yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. Inside of his cabins, just littered with those uh, those cans of energy drink. Yeah. Well, it was a goddamn good old time watching Willy's Wonderland. I have uh, a bit of KG trivia for you. I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to have this segment kind of at the tail end of these episodes. Do we need to do final thoughts before? I think we kind of just did. Yeah, I think we did too. Right? Anything else you want to share? No. Favorite. So you said your favorite kill was the gorilla. Mine was the first kill, which was the ostrich. Oh, the dick beat, neck? Where he beat the shit out of it and ripped its spine out of its neck. There was and then like, it was, there was that shot of like the eyes rolling back and twitching before it goes still. Yeah, it's great. You know what I think really could have aided in this movie? Hmm. Granted, time nor budget, but that I think would have been really cool yeah. to reference Edgar Wright is if these fight scenes, because they very much are vignettes, if yeah. it was more like Scott Pilgrim. Oh, more stylized. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that that could have really just hit home. Well, and if they, like you said, if they had more time to shoot it mm-hmm. and maybe a different lens maybe to shoot it, uh, you can make the fight scenes more dynamic and mm-hmm. more visible and be able to choreograph it a bit more. Yeah more dynamic move around kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. My favorite moment of this entire movie. Yeah. Hard stop is whenever he, he shows up to help the girl fight and he gets in his like fighting pose uh-huh. and his watch goes off for his yeah. break. Yes. He just looks at it, uh-huh. hands her the switchblade and just fucks off. <laughs> just fucks off. Yeah. It's so good. Cause uh-huh. he's like, I, I could literally care less about anything going on right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I'm just here to get my car. As long as it's not a room I have to clean twice, exactly. which he cleans multiple rooms yeah. multiple times. I mean, I would say a good 50% of this movie is just cleaning montages. Mm-hmm. No, like it is oddly satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Just like this movie, oddly satisfying. So yeah. for to wrap up, a bit of KG trivia. Lay it on me. Did you know, this is all about Nicolas Cage for this for this episode. This trivia is a naked man once broke into his home and ate a fudgesicle at the foot of his bed. Mm-hmm. I did know that, actually. He says, quote, I opened my eyes and there was a naked man wearing my leather jacket eating a fudgesicle in front of my bed. I know it sounds funny, but it was horrifying. It sounds like something he would do in a movie. <laughs> and you know what they say? 
about movies and things that he does in them, you start 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 talking in front of the camera. And if you start to ramble on too much, too long, it's a real fudgicle. 